emanating from www.michaelnimmons.com. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is Michael Eric Dyson. This is Rochelle Riley, straight out of Detroit. This is Dr. Victoria Dooley at Dr. Dooley MD. Well, everybody, it's your boy, comedian Jay Stevens. This is Frederick D. Haynes III. I am Justin Coates, an author and anti-bullying activist. I am Pam Perry. Hey, everybody, this is Rochelle V. Mann, CEO of Man Made Productions. This is Bree Diane, international evangelist. Hey, this is Candace Pretty Strange Smith. And what's up? This is Ty Scott King. I was cracking Planet Earth. It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemes. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud Radio show welcome to Emmy Award winning WXYZ Channel 7 anchor woman and new friend of the show, Miss Carolyn Clifford. Well, thank you, Michael, and what a nice introduction. So happy to be here. You know what I've got to do. i got to check out my man, Michael Nimmons, who is handling his business as he drops that knowledge. I like that because Frederick Douglass, for whom I'm named, says that knowledge unfits us for slavery. Truth sets us free. If you want to be free, you want to be like Mike. Check out the best radio show online. You're locked in right now to our listening. You're tuned into this. And without thinking about it, guess what? I'm thinking out loud right here on a Thinking Out Loud radio show. And if you want to stay in the know, you better be listening to Thinking Out Loud radio show. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Check out Thinking Out Loud. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't you dare touch that dial. The Thinking Out Loud radio show with Michael Nimmons. Featuring author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons.
Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nemmons. You're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. Let me first say happy Tuesday to everybody. Thank you again for tuning in to tonight's show. We truly appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to spend it with us. And we certainly appreciate spending this hour or so with you each and every week. I thank you so very much. Uh, those who are new uh, listeners to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, we thank you for tuning in. Of course, uh, my name is Michael Nemes, author, speaker, and uh, author, speaker, and minister. And you certainly, uh, to get more information about us, we welcome you to, to visit our website, michaelnemons.com. There you can get more information about the things that we've done and are doing. Uh, we have two books available on our website, Vision and uh, Who Told You That You Were naked we have a few commercials that we've done and you'll hear during the show to kind of tell you a little bit about those books and of course uh, they are available on our website two powerful books that we highly recommend that you uh, pick up and you can certainly read it during this time of quarantine I think they'd be great readings uh, for you to take a take the time to read during this time of quarantine um we wrote those books. Uh, Vision is our more, more recent book about a year ago. And, and uh, who told you that you were naked was is at least three years old, I believe, at this point. But we highly recommend you check those books out. Each of them are nominally priced. I think um, who told you that you were naked is around $15 and uh, Vision is $20. So check those books out. We know they're going to bless you. Go to michaelnemons.com. They're available everywhere books are sold online go to amazon again you can go to our website we have links to where you can purchase them as well michael nimmons n-i-m-m-o-n-s dot com uh, again, we are just uh, happy to be back on another edition of tonight's show. Uh, we're calling it the Don't Drink the Bleach episode <laughs> for obvious reasons, of course. Don't drink the bleach or don't believe the hype or don't drink the Kool-Aid, you know, however you want to look at it. But that's the episode that you're tuned in uh, to tonight. We're going to be talking about some of Trump's more recent comments uh, that he made about ingesting disinfectants and how irritating responsible it was for the president of the United States to make those types of comments and he was not and he is speaking as a as a uh, he's not speaking as a medical professional uh, and and how irresponsible that would be even coming from the president of the United States first and foremost but uh, you know we're going to deal with that and we're also going to talk about the comparison that's been made between him and cult leader Jim Jones we're going to talk Talk about that during the first segment of tonight's show. And then in the second segment, we're going to take some time to pay tribute to and discuss and recognize the frontline and uh, essential workers that are still out there keeping our community safe during this COVID-19 crisis. Our hats are off to them. We thank them so very much for all that they're doing during this COVID-19 crisis. Many of them uh, have uh, been exposed to this uh, this dangerous virus um, face-to-face. They've come face-to-face with it. Some have even um, been affected by it. Uh, and others have um, 
you know, ultimately succumb to it because of their exposure. And uh, we're going to call we're going to uh, pay tribute to them during the next segment, during um, our second segment of tonight's show. And also we're going to uh, talk about some of those who, you know, have even succumbed to some of the trauma of being a frontline and essential worker during this COVID-19 crisis. Our thoughts and prayers are with the families of those who've lost loved ones and uh, we continue to pray for those, um, you know, during this time. Uh, just so much uh, that's happening and I'm sure uh, you all are aware of it as well, but uh, we just want to make mention of it during the second segment of tonight's show. And in the third segment of tonight's show, we're going to be talking about The Last Dance, the first four episodes of the 10-part documentary uh, that's airing on ESPN of the um, Chicago Bulls uh, 1997-98 run at their sixth NBA championship. We're going to be talking about that uh, and uh, giving you our feedback on this uh, tremendous uh, docu-series. I mean, this has been amazing. I'm sure you all have your thoughts and opinions of it as well. And I uh, can't wait to share those with you in the third segment of tonight's show. Uh, I I personally believe M- MJ is uh, the GOAT, uh, the greatest of all time. And uh, this, in my opinion, uh, really, this docu-series really just uh, cements that for me. Uh, so I'm sharing more about that in the third segment of tonight's show. And finally, we have a powerful uh, thought of the week in store for you as well. Uh, We're going to be talking about don't drink the bleach. Don't drink the bleach. That's our thought of the week for tonight's show, guys. So uh, we got a great show in store for you. Remember, you can listen to all of our 150 episodes of the Thinking Out Loud radio show on all your major podcasting networks, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, um, uh, Radio.com. You can even listen right from our website, MichaelNimmons.com. A lot of ways to listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We got some great things coming up as well. So stay tuned for that. Follow us on social media at TOL Radio Host MSN on Twitter and Instagram and leave us a comment on our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud radio show or drop us a line to contact at michaelnemons.com. We would love to hear from you. Well guys, we're going to take our first break of the night but when we come back we're getting right into the question of has Donald Trump lost his mind. We're making the comparison between him and cult leader Jim Jones. You don't want to go anywhere guys. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Stay close. You're tuned in to the Thinking giving voice to issues that matter to you. Hi, my name is Maya, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with radio show host and my daddy, Michael Nimmons. You better listen to that little girl. 
Vision should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister Michael Nimitz. Vision is an insightful, thought-provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision Endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega-pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision. Vision. Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons for over 20,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and MichaelNimmons.com. Tune in today. The Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Don't, 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 uh, that, that's a little confused right there. The makers of Lysol have responded to what the president said. Lauren, what are they saying? They're saying don't ingest disinfections. The Lysol makers say this, as a global leader in health and hygiene products, we must be clear that under no circumstance should our disinfectant products be used, be administered into the human body through injection, In Injection, ingestion, or any other route, excuse me. So basically saying they're good for surfaces, they're not good when you uh, insert them into your body. The White House is commenting and clarifying on what the president said yesterday. Uh, Kaylee McEnany, the White House press secretary, says this. President Trump has repeatedly said that Americans should consult with medical doctors regarding coronavirus treatment, a point that he emphasized again during yesterday's briefing. Leave it to the media to irresponsibly take President Trump out of context and run with negative headlines. Um, the president yesterday did look to Dr. Burks on a few occasions and said, look, what if you heat, uh, you, you put Americans under UV light, or if you inject disinfectants, can that help? The medical community responding today and these companies responding today saying, please don't do anything like that. Yeah, please don't, don't try this at home. All right, thanks, Lauren. 
want to review that timetable because when I heard Mitch on the floor the other day, he was saying we have all these things in here that we ask for. No, you reject it. No, you reject it. And speaking of Mitch, what's gotten into him? Well, it's an indication. The president is asking people to inject Lysol into their lungs. And Mitch is saying that uh, uh, states should go bankrupt. It's a clear, visible within 24 hours of how the Republicans reject science and reject governance. If you don't believe in science and you don't believe in governance, that's their approach. And we do not. We don't want any more government than we need. But we know that governance has a role. And we know that science has a role. And without science in our decision making, uh, we are not going to be on a very successful path. We are back on the Don't Drink the Bleach edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. As we said in the opening, we're going to be talking about the irresponsible comments that your president, Donald Trump, <laughs> recently made about how uh, ingesting and disinfectants like bleach could cure or get rid of the COVID-19 virus. And we open this segment sharing with you some clips from uh, what he said and from uh, some other notable responses uh, that he's gotten, uh, namely uh, from Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, who uh, said in one interview that that was essentially embalming. That's what he was suggesting. And that's just how much, uh, you know, he knows about what's going on. And really, guys, you know, I, I, I keep saying this and, and uh, you know, maybe this will, you know, hopefully happen in, in November. But this is more and more evidence as to why it's so very important that we go out to the polls and vote. This president has showed that he is derelict in his duties and responsibilities as a leader of this country. Um, the press conferences that he has continues to show just how much he does not know about leading and about uh, the value of his words as president of the United States, because it's one thing for uh, you or I to say something, you know, but it's completely different when the president of the United States is saying it because he has the undivided attention of not just the American people, but in many cases and in many respects, the entire world. So uh, he obviously either does not understand the value of his words or he does and he doesn't care and I think that it's a combination of the bo a combination of both you know and that's a dangerous recipe that's a Molotov cocktail right there when you have a leader who does not understand the value of his words or they understand it and they don't care they're they, they're careless because he made a statement in response to um uh, the, the aftermath of the irresponsible comments uh, or recommendations about using Clorox bleach and disinfectants as a cure for this COVID-19 virus. He said that he was being sarcastic. Really? You were being sarcastic. How can you afford to be sarcastic or flippant in a global pandemic that you, in, in many respects, I believe, are responsible for because of how careless 
uh, and how uh, 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 poorly you handle this this uh, this crisis, this COVID-19 crisis. And so you cannot afford to be flippant. You cannot afford to be sarcastic, you know. And, of course, he's reflect, he's deflecting this onto the media and making it their responsibility for, for irresponsible reporting when he was, in fact, the one that made the irresponsible statement in the first place. And, uh, and But this is where we are. And, again, is more, the more you hear him, the more... Uh, motivated you should be to go to the polls and vote that is that that should be how you view these press conferences moving forward every time your programs are interrupted every time you turn in tune in to CNN to hear him it should be more motivation that you need to go to the polls and vote because there needs to be a change in Washington because he does not know what he's doing and on top of that the Republican Party is going to pay a dear price in the November for their undying support of this uh, of this president they have not they have let him run a rough shot in this in this office they have uh, allowed him uh, to just basically do what, exactly what he wanted what he wants to do and 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 you know when you compare uh, his presidency to President Barack Obama's, someone with a more with more stability, someone with far more education, far more experience uh, as a politician uh, than than uh, than the current occupant of the White House. Uh, and 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 you see how um, both leadership styles are and how they were uh, challenged uh, and how they were um, accepted or rejected by the Republican Party. It, it really, again, begs the question, where is the Republican Party's soul? They, because they appear to be, to appear to have to be a soulless party. Um, to, to allow this man to just go and say whatever he wants to without any repercussions at all, without any repercussion whatsoever. And um, I just, I, 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 I don't want to think that every Republican is that way. But again, the more you hear him talk and the fact that he is not uh, challenged by any of the other notable Republicans in the party, it really begs the question, where is the, the soul of the Republican Party? Is it gone forever? And after Donald Trump, will there ever be uh, a resurgence in this Republican Party again? Will we ever hear from Republicans again? And I, 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 I'm wondering, I, I just don't, and I'm not trying to say that the Democrats are perfect because they are not. We are not perfect. But in this regard, it just seems to me that there's more care and more concern for the American people uh, holistically from the Democratic Party than the Republican Party. You hear statements being made about from Mitch McConnell, let the states go bankrupt uh, or from the president about ingesting Clorox and bleach. And it, it just these are, are highly insensitive comments to make 
and of course Governor Brian Kemp another notable Republican who opened up the state of Georgia amidst this COVID-19 crisis prematurely and now again he has put uh, the entire state I think in a bad spot and many uh, people are, are being exposed more cases are being people are being exposed to this COVID-19 crisis uh, had he not just uh, continue to uh, keep everyone in their homes and and keep them safe. So I, I'm 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 confused, guys, and I'm sure you are as well at the direction that the Republican Party is headed. But I know that there definitely needs to be a change in Washington D.C. It needs to be a change, and that change is definitely coming in November. Again, every time you hear this president in the microphone it should be more motivation for you and I to go to the polls and vote there is no excuse that we have that we did not take advantage of that opportunity if you do not go to the polls and vote you you are you only have yourself to blame for that but we need to make our voices heard there definitely needs to be a change in Washington I'd love to get your thoughts and feedback about that as well. Again, uh, you know, don't drink the bleach. Do not drink the bleach, guys. Uh, Jim Jones and uh, and 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 Donald Trump are eerily similar. Those who do not know about uh, Jim Jones and the uh, the massacre that took place in Jamestown, uh, there's a very interesting article. In fact, CNN did a documentary uh, years ago. So, uh, 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 former anchor Soledad uh, O'Brien. Uh, was the anchor woman for CNN that did the uh, documentary on the Jamestown massacres uh, that took place back in uh, 1978. According to uh, her report in 1978, 909 Americans were led to mass murder suicide by Reverend Jim Jones. One third of the dead at Jonestown were children. Only 33 people survived. Jones was a self-appointed minister and phony faith healer from the Midwest. Unlike his followers, Jones was shot in the head, probably by a trusted aide. And so, uh, you know, just to kind of briefly summarize the story of Jim Jones, he was a Pentecostal apostolic preacher back in the late 70s. And, uh, you know, he started off preaching the preacher from the Bible and he had uh, he he was very charismatic and you know he was able to draw large crowds and uh, get the attention of uh, you know um, uh, various uh, people to be a part of his ministry but at some point he got power drunk he got drunk with power because they were hanging on his every word and at some point I'm told uh, Jim Jones was preaching and he uh decided to throw down the Bible in in the middle of his sermon. And uh, I don't know about you, but anytime you are anywhere and uh, this is, you know, this should be a red flag for anybody who is listening tonight. 
if you want to know when it's time to leave a church uh, you know this is the perfect time to do so when your preacher is preaching and they pick up the Bible and they throw it uh, out in the ground throw it out in the audience so they throw it down and uh, and and tell you that you don't need to, uh, to to listen to what is in the word of God or you don't need to follow what's in the Bible any longer then it's time to leave that church it's time to go someplace else but from what I'm told uh, you know these individuals that were there uh, you know some I guess some stayed some left and uh, and and it just emboldened his ministry at that point uh, he he got real arrogant and cocky after that uh, continuously so so much so to the point where according to this CNN report um, more than 900 Americans died in a South American jungle upon the orders of Reverend Jim Jones. And you're probably asking the question, well, how did they get there? Well, Jim Jones convinced his congregation to follow him to this South American jungle uh, in Jamestown. Uh, where he was going to have uh, the, 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 you know, he basically had a compound for all of these people to be located. And uh, he had them giving 25 percent of their uh, uh, of their offering to, uh, or their earnings to him, uh, all of their, uh, you know, their their belongings. He, you know, he he was, you know, he had he, he had them giving it to to them. Uh, the money came from uh, uh, again according to the CNN report uh, Jones was a phony faith healer and much of his money came in a mail order donations from the desperate elderly members handed over their social security checks working adults gave 25% of their wages to the church and some signed over all of their property government investigators would later find at least 10 million dollars in Swiss bank accounts mainly in Panama another one million in cash was recovered in Jonestown not Jamestown I'm sorry Jonestown the Jonestown massacre uh, and uh, and and there there's photographs that uh, Soledad O'Brien uncovered uh, after uh, you know these in, these 900 individuals were killed and what ultimately killed them was um, uh, this faith uh, preacher John uh, Jim Jones uh, convinced them all to drink uh, cyanide poison uh, in some kind of liquid uh, concoction, and uh, they, you know, basically drinking the Kool Aid, so to speak, and that's where that that came from. Don't drink the bleach, and and these nine hundred people uh, essentially drunk the bleach, and and they killed themselves. Committed a mad, it was a mass suicide, and uh, it was it was amazing just to see all of those bodies just scattered out in the in the grass in the in Jonestown. Pictures of this, and then they even had uh, 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 audio of the last moments of these of these individuals lives as uh, you could hear uh, Jim Jones in the microphone where babies were crying and 
people were, uh, you know, listening to him after they had taken the cyanide poison and they were drifting off into a uh, forever sleep. And, and, and it was a mass suicide. And, and, and it's just, um, you know, it, it begs the question. Uh, you know, what were people thinking? What were people thinking? And how far will will, will you go, uh, you know, when you're following someone who really doesn't know where they're going or what they're doing? And uh, and, jo- and Jim Jones had, had convinced these people to follow him into the jungles of South America where they where they. Um, ultimately met their demise and it's just a sad commentary for uh you know what happened in jonestown and when you make the comparison to uh, the leadership of the occupant of uh the white house right now and uh and him saying that you can ingest bleach to cure the covid 19 virus it, it just uh it's unbelievable you know how in the world can 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 he even think that this is something that should be said uh, by anyone let alone the president of the united states so guys you know that's why i wanted to share this with you tonight don't drink the bleach do not drink the bleach literally and figuratively you don't drink bleach because it will kill you and don't drink the bleach don't drink the lies the untruths that are being told coming from this this white house because uh it will do nothing but kill you mentally and certainly physically so um that's where we are guys and it's sad that we have to say that because you know i I, there's a saying that, (laughs) that i've said and i'm sure many of you have heard and probably even said yourself common sense is not common something you think is common is not common but everybody don't have common sense and the more you listen to this president the 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 more you believe that he does not have common sense and it's amazing the kinds of things that uh that he gets away with and and not and is and goes unchallenged by members of his own party but we've got to hold him accountable as as citizens of this country and the way we do that is we go to the polls and vote in November. We've got to make sure that our voices is heard in November. Love to get your thoughts and feedback about this story. Again, add us at TO World Radio host MSN. Post a comment on our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. We love to get your thoughts and feedback about that. Well, we're going to take our next break of the night. When we come back, we're getting, we're getting into our discussion about the front line and essential workers that are out there risking their lives and sacrificing for the sake of the good of this community. We're going to get into that when we come back. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Stay close. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Stephanie D. Sanders, award-winning singer, songwriter, author, voiceover artist, and more. Heard on shows like the Tom Joyner Morning Show and the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Book Stephanie D. Sanders, the voiceover your podcast or radio intros or commercials. Do yourself a favor and visit stephaniedsanders.com 
and upgrade your podcast or radio show by booking Stephanie D. Sanders. You'll definitely be glad that you did. All-Pro football player Derek Mason on Jay-Z in the NFL. Jay-Z said, you know, we're past milling. Because Jay-Z, you may be past milling, but the guys that are still milling, the guys that are still fighting for injustice, they're not past milling. Everybody's screaming that, oh, Jay-Z's at the table now. We should be happy that one of us is at the table. Just because you're at the table doesn't mean we all eat the same. Poet and lyricist Ty Scott King on the culture of CHH. My brain is overloaded. Like, I think a lot of people are like, man, there's not really many people doing this. There are thousands of very amazing artists that are doing Christian hip-hop. So I think about Aaron Cole. I think about Stephen Malcolm, who, if there's someone that could hear an interview and be like, I want to work with him, like, he would be a person that I, I would love to work with. He's just a phenomenal rapper, just really creative. Wande, she's another one that, uh, another artist that I had on my radio show. She is, um, Wande is maybe in her early 20s. She's doing a lot of stuff now with Reach Records and just really different, <laughs> really, um, going against the grain. Griff from Get Up Mornings with Erica Campbell on what he does besides comedy. Yeah, yeah. Comedy is always my first my first job. Radio is my side job, but I just um, got a nonprofit. I've been working with other people's nonprofits for the last 30 years, um, and I just created my own nonprofit, 501c3, called the Process Success Foundation to deal with leadership. And basically, I'm just going to take a bunch of young men on field trips all around the world. And I can show you how during the NHL season that all basketball stadiums have ice on them with the hardwood over the ice. Once I show you those processes, then I can teach you the process of forgiveness. I can teach you the process of love. I can teach you the process of being grateful. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. That's it for us today. We'll see you next week. But we leave you with a look at the people around the world who aren't able to weather the crisis at home with their loved ones. They're the healthcare workers and first responders who continue to report for duty to protect us. These are the troops on the front lines of this new world war. The nurses, emergency responders, doctors, scientists, and hospital staff defending us all against an advancing and invisible enemy. In New York, Governor Cuomo's call for reinforcements was met by a surge of volunteers. 40,000 retired healthcare professionals and newly graduated students stepped up to serve in the besieged and makeshift hospitals at the new epicenter of this global outbreak. Another 6,000 mental health professionals offered help to those in distress. In Seattle, New York, and soon-to-be hotspots across this country, we've seen these acts of community and courage. 
hospitals cannot provide the body armor needed, the masks, goggles, and protective gear to help the healers avoid becoming patients themselves. In scenes reminiscent of the World War II home front, many quarantined Americans put their sewing machines to good use, crafting makeshift versions of face masks. Gestures of gratitude from a public told that the most useful thing they can do is to simply stay home. In Italy and Spain, where the pandemic arrived earlier, the virus has claimed a disproportionate share of healthcare workers' lives. As one New York surgeon wrote to his colleagues this week, the enemy is inside the wire, except that there is no place to hide. They survive because we don't give up. In recognition of that sacrifice, millions of people in cities across the world took to their balconies and doorsteps to applaud from afar their nation's caregivers. The very first warning of this mysterious virus came from a physician, Li Wenliang. His urgent message was deemed illegal activity by Chinese authorities. That selfless, defiant act, a reminder that medicine is not a job, it is a calling. In this country, we're accustomed to thinking of heroes dressed in military uniforms, not medical scrubs. But a virus cannot be stopped by borders or bullets. And that has reminded us all that we are united by our vulnerability to this microscopic but deadly enemy. It will take a particular type of valor to defeat it, one rooted in protecting the very first of those inalienable rights that Thomas Jefferson once wrote of, life itself. And on behalf of a grateful nation, we thank them all for their service. We're back on the Don't Drink the Bleach edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And uh, we talked in the first segment about Donald Trump and Jim Jones and how they are eerily similar, scary uh, in, in how similar they are uh, and comparing uh, their two leadership styles. And, of course, uh, talking about Donald Trump's irresponsible comments about uh, how using bleach or ingesting bleach could possibly cure you of the coronavirus and uh, people you know really just uh, took him to task about that and then how he came back to try to make it sound like uh, his statement was made sarcastically instead of a serious one and we have audio which we shared in the first segment which uh, you know refutes his point so you know we love to get your thoughts and feedback about that uh, aspect of it again I've seen a lot of memes and uh, video on social media really just uh, you know taking him to task about that comment which he should have which I mean is rightfully he did rightfully deserved he deserved every bit of it and uh, and so it uh, it's a great segue, I think, into this next segment talking about the frontline workers and the essential uh, staff that are still yet out here protecting our communities uh, amidst this COVID-19 crisis. And there are so many workers that are out there that are on the front lines. And, you know, we want to take this time to uh, say our thanks to all of them for their sacrifices during this COVID-19 crisis uh, and uh, and even share 
a couple of their stories during this segment of tonight's show. Uh, we want to start with um, a nurse in New York City whose actual story became viral a few weeks ago. Uh, her name is uh, Danelle Smo, uh, and uh, she posted a video on Facebook and, uh, you know, really just expressing her frustrations and her anxiety about working in a New York City hospital as a nurse during this COVID-19 virus uh, pandemic. And her video went viral and uh, she's been on CNN and she's I think she's been on a few other nationally syndicated shows talking about uh, what's been going on. And I want to share with you her story because it really, um, you know, hits home with how difficult and how complicated this virus is and how much of an impact it has made in the lives of those who are working on the front line. Take a listen. I just feel like people think just because we're like a healthcare worker that we are somehow immune to this and we're not. I cried the whole way home. Today was a really rough day. It was a really rough day. It was a really rough day. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like there's only so much anyone can take. I'm tired of walking into rooms and your patient's dead. Uh, you just walk into a room and there's a dead body there. Uh, I'm, I'm tired of calling families and telling them that you just... I feel so much sadness for my fellow nurses and sisters and brothers that, uh, that have lost their life taking care of people. <sighs> I feel bad for the patients who are living, especially the ones that are hanging up. Can you go and buy a thread? Um, I don't know. I just feel like people think just because we're like a healthcare worker that we are somehow immune to this and we're not. I cried the whole way home with the Uber tonight and the driver. The driver was like, ma'am, are you okay? I was like, I don't think people understand how stressful this job is. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world, but it's so stressful. I wish sometimes people could just understand the use of brain. Everyone is trying hard. Everyone is trying hard. We all are. We got in this field to do a bad job.
like I have no one to talk to. I can't call my mom because then she'll be worried about me. She never wanted me to come here from the beginning. I can't call my sisters because I don't want to stress them out. I have friends that are nurses that would understand, but I'm pretty sure they're going through something similar and I don't want to stress them out anymore. So you cry in the Uber on the way home. Uh, or in the bathroom to yourself. But everything is basically to yourself. There's no one. But if your staff is not doing well, then well, who's going to take care of your patients? We're having 10, 14 patient assignments. 14 patients. Seven of them can't even... <laughs> Bless their soul. Like they can't even, they can't even, they're bed bound. They can't do anything for themselves. How can I, how can I take care of 14 people? We have one tech, they have 30 patients. It's so bad here. You guys just don't understand. I know people are going to watch this and laugh. And I don't care. It's just. I just feel like someone should put raw emotions out there about like, what the f*** is going on here? Now, again, this video was posted several weeks ago uh, where she was expressing her frustrations about working on the front lines during this COVID-19 crisis. But here's a video that she recently posted on Facebook expressing how much things have changed on her job since she posted her first video. Hey guys, it's me, it's Danelle Schmo. I'm sorry I look like crap. I just got off work. I went, I woke up at 4.45 and left at 8.50 and uh, now it's like almost 11 o'clock. I'm getting home and I get to get ready for an interview I'm doing tomorrow for a program Oprah's producing. But I wanted to update you guys because here, here's where I'll start. Today, uh, today, there's these two ladies came on the unit. I've never seen them before. They kept asking people, how are you doing? How are you doing? A couple nurses were gathered around in semi-circle. I didn't think anything of it because I was getting another patient ready to go on, um, to go for a procedure. She, he, he was going for chemo, his first round of chemo. So I was preparing, getting his paperwork ready. Um, they stopped, tried to stop me and I said, I, you know, I'm with the patient. I'm, I'm, I'm busy right now, you know, I'll come back. Later that day, I was speaking to one of the techs, this beautiful tech I work with today. It's so sweet. Um, and uh, I said, hey, by the way, who are those ladies that came up earlier today? She goes, oh, those are the therapists. So what do you mean therapists? And she's like, oh, those are the therapists. They, they, they come around and, and just check on us and see how we're doing. I was like, well, when did that start? She goes, about, about two weeks ago. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I, I didn't think anything of it. And... Um, I was walking home tonight and I wanted to make an update video regardless about like how the hospital and how things have changed in the hospital. And uh, it wasn't until that point, I got home to the shower, it wasn't until that point I realized that this is one of the things you talked about in your video. Not only that, the hospital has made a complete 180. Um, our ratios have gone from an unmanageable number to between four to six patients. Like, I, 
I do everything to a T now because I have time to take care of my patients safely. I've sat there and talked to my patients, my patients that tell me stories. I had a patient sit there and cry. He, he was recently diagnosed with cancer, literally sat on his bed today and he cried and I was just sitting there with him, just listening. He's crying, he was talking, and I was just listening. He was so, um, he was so emotional about, uh, imagine someone being emotional. <laughs> He's so emotional about his story and everything that was going on with him. Uh, and just so thankful too. And um, it didn't dawn on me until that, until I got home and took a shower that, you know, the things I talked about in the video about uh, having resources for us because we, we, we sometimes caretakers sometimes we care too. So that was like, I mean, I think that's amazing. The hospital is literally can take your foot away. Our ratios have gone down. Um, they provide us like bottled water. Uh, we get lunch. Um, we get multiple lunches. Sometimes people just keep delivering food to the hospital. Sometimes it's just too much food. It's like, geez. Um, but day and night shift gets food. Um, just so many things have changed uh, for the better. But I was really amazed at, like, you know, that those therapists come up to the unit to check on people because, uh, check on us, because you know, every, everyone knows it's a stressful job. And um, I don't know. I, I'm not going to cry or anything about that tonight. Um, but it does bring a tear to my eye thinking that... Um, that this, whether it had anything to do with me or not, this this little girl from Arbondale, Florida, um, with a community college education and an iPhone, said something forth that changed the way nurses at that hospital are being treated. And I think that's, that to me is like, how can someone from where I came from in life be a catalyst to usher in that healthy change? I think that's amazing. I don't think we think how strong we are. We don't know how strong we are. That's amazing. It's amazing. If you guys know where I came from or if you know anything about me or where I grew up that you understand like why why that's just that's just beyond anything I'll probably ever do in my lifetime. It, um, it's just amazing. So I just wanted to give you guys a quick update about that and um, and I'm not crying. <laughs> And uh, I hope everyone's doing well. And thank you so much, uh, so much again for all the support. I appreciate it. And we know how hard hit that New York uh, has been with this COVID-19 crisis. We see uh, the press conferences held by Governor Cuomo on a daily basis, almost expressing, uh, you know, his concern about the increase in the the deaths and the uh, amount of cases, uh, new cases that have come about in uh, the state of New York. And uh, just to hear her, uh, you know, from from a frontline worker and how much things uh, have gotten better for her, at least, um, is a sign that things are uh, getting better in some respects. But we know this is not the case 
for all of the uh, frontline and essential workers that are still yet battling with this COVID-19 crisis. We have one such story uh, from an ER doctor who worked in um, New York City uh, who uh, committed suicide. Uh, New York City emergency room doctor Lorna Breen uh, recovered from COVID-19 and continued to treat coronavirus patients uh, died by suicide, her father confirmed to CNN. Dr. Lorna Breen died a hero, said her father, Philip Breen. She was in the trenches, he said. She was a hero. Lorna Breen died Sunday morning by suicide in Charlottesville, Virginia, her father said. Breen worked in the Columbia University Irvine Irving Medical Center and New York Presbyterian Hospital System. And, uh, you know, you, you just can only imagine uh, the, you know, what what they are seeing and, and you know, the death, uh, the death toll and how it's impacting, you know, their mind and, and their emotional state of mind, you know, coming to work every day, knowing that they're going to be, um, you know, face to face with this COVID-19 virus and those who are. Um, you know, infected by it. So, you know, it, it's 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 not an easy thing, I'm sure. And it's important for me to share stories like this because, you know, we're watching the news and hearing the news on the radio, uh, and we're not on the front line. So it's it is almost like we are. Um, looking at this from a different vantage point we're quarantined we're not in the thick of things and so hearing from these individuals and seeing what's happening uh, you know seeing the effects of what's happening uh, to these individuals it, it's very important I think uh, for us and helps us to understand what's really going on around us and not for and for us to not take one another for granted and not for us to not take life for granted because this crisis is extremely serious and again our thoughts and prayers are consistently and continually with the frontline and essential workers that are yet out there rolled up their sleeves and they are battling this COVID-19 crisis head on on a daily basis we thank you so much for your sacrifice we thank you so much for all that you do because you are continuing to make not just this country safe but this world safe and uh, we want to acknowledge you during this uh, during tonight's show. Thank you so much for all you do, and we pray God's blessings continually upon you. Well, guys, we're going to take our next break of the night. When we come back, we're going to talk about the last dance and give you our thoughts and feedback on this powerful documentary about the Chicago Bulls last championship run. Don't you go anywhere. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Thinking Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons for over 20,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast 
Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and MichaelNimmons.com. Tune in today. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Cracking Planet Earth is your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemitz. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Listening to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. You tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. This mentality of competitiveness. Competition was an addiction. Every day was a battle. Dennis, get up here. Boom. They don't hear it. See Dennis for 48 hours. No matter what we did, it seemed like it was a story. Scotty was being selfish. When the trust is broken, it's sort of shocking. I never hated Scotty. Six championships in eight years. We were the greatest team ever. What time is that? I'm going to ridicule you until you get on the same level with me. His team. My mentality was to go out and win at any cost. We want to keep this excellence going. Once you reach the top, where do we go from here? At some point, the team is not going to meet the expectations. <laughs> I like the way you think. What time is it? Game done! Not a good day for Michael Jordan. Pittman is now demanding a trade. The expectations are certainly high. Come on, come on, think positive, man. In the post-game locker room, the word I heard most was adversity. Have you learned to deal with that yet? Sorry. Take it easy, guys. The only question, how long can it last? Hey guys, we are back on the third segment of tonight's show. And the first two segments, we talked about Donald Trump and made the comparison between him and cult leader Jim Jones. And 
how irresponsible and careless the comments he made about using disinfectants like bleach uh, to, to cure the COVID-19 virus. And in the second segment, we talked about uh, and gave a tribute to the frontline uh, and essential workers who are battling this COVID-19 virus uh, up close and personal. And our thoughts and prayers are with them and their families, uh, you know, because they are out there in the trenches every day protecting us and keeping us safe. And we certainly appreciate all the work that they do each and every day, keeping our community safe. In this segment, uh, though, we're going to be talking about The Last Dance, the ESPN 10-part documentary that started airing on April the 19th, Sunday, April the 19th at 9 p.m. They are airing uh, this docu-series or documentary called The Last Dance, which uh, chronicles the Chicago Bulls uh, 1997-98 run at their sixth NBA championship. And I remember uh, that very vividly as a child, uh, not as a child, actually, um, I was uh, actually getting ready to graduate from college in uh, 97, 98, around that time. And I was a big Bulls fan, even though I was from uh, Detroit. Uh, D-Town and I still am from D-Town and um, you know big Pistons fan even though the franchise is not going in the direction I would like it to go right now but I was a uh, Bad Boys fan and looking at uh, the this series really brings up a lot of memories of um, you know the Bad Boys era uh, you know the era that Michael Jordan came up in 84 uh, when he first came into the league um, you know, I just I remember following his career as a child all the way up until uh, 98 when he, uh, you know, left the NBA for the second time uh, after winning his sixth NBA championship. And, you know, I consider him to be, you know, the greatest, the GOAT of all time. And, you know, this docuseries to me really just solidifies that point that he was and is the greatest of all time. Um, his competitive spirit, his competitive nature, uh, his will to win was unparalleled, unmatched on the court. Nobody had that. You know, you 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 saw that in some players, but it was not to the extent that Michael Jordan had it. Uh, many would say Kobe Bryant was the closest comparison, even though uh, the media really tried to portray LeBron James as the heir apparent to Michael Jordan's legacy. I still say Kobe Bryant is probably the closest to uh, Michael Jordan in comparison to their games and their styles. Um, LeBron, to me, is more of a point forward like Magic Johnson, not uh, necessarily uh, Michael Jordan's. Um, you know, uh, on his on his level, and and so this uh, this docu series is really compelling uh, and and powerful. Really gives us an inside look at. Um, you know what motivated Michael Jordan to win um, the people that he surrounded himself around what the what the Bulls franchise looked like before he got there and what it's looked what it looked like when he got there and then after he left you know really uh touching on that in some respects uh, of course they talked about uh, general manager Jerry Cross and 
and how um, you know his his uh, impact on the Bulls, you know, really changed the franchise uh, for the for the better in in more in most respects and for the worst in some as well because uh, it was Jerry Krause's decision in '97 uh, uh, to end uh, Phil Jackson's contract and um, he would leave in '98. And um, and not return as the Bulls head coach Michael Jordan expressed that he was not going to play for another head coach outside of field, so he was going to retire and uh, and be done with the uh, with the Bulls because Jerry Krause was intent intending on bringing a new head coach to the franchise, so it would be an essential rebuild at the time, uh, bringing a new head coach in and Michael Jordan not being a part of the team. And you can see uh, after that decision was made, what happened to the Bulls after that? You know, there was they 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 there were years uh, before they've you know even made the playoffs again. Uh, it was a long time before they um, they 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 looked like a team of of any um, of any note. So it wasn't yeah it wasn't until Derrick Rose came into the league. And uh, and that seems like that was eons ago because y'all we all know what Derrick Rose amounted to. His Rose has wilted, in my opinion. You know, just seemed to me he played the game with a reckless abandon, and because of such, um, his 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 shelf life was very short. Um, he's come off of you know several injuries and has really not amounted to much in my mind as an NBA player. Some like to give more credit than I think he deserves. But uh, that being said, I think the the MJ Last Dance documentary is again to me solidifies Michael Jordan's greatness. It also um, it also really shows how the Detroit Pistons were pivotal in Michael Jordan becoming a winner, a champion, because in this third and fourth part, uh, third and fourth episode of the docuseries, it shows how the Pistons in uh, the, uh, you know, 88, 89, 90 uh, uh, team, uh, you know, they were at the top of the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, they were at the top of the East and the Bulls were coming up behind them and they could not seem to get past the Pistons to make it to the next level. And um, in that third and fourth uh, episode, it talked about, you know, how pivotal Dennis Rotman was, not just in this 97 and 98 run for their NBA championship as the Chicago Bulls, but uh, how pivotal Dennis Rotman was as a Detroit Piston, you know, with the bad boy image and persona that they had back in the day. I remember, I remember that uh, those two cha- those two back to back championships, the bad boys, that bad boys era was something else, and I remember that as a child coming up, and you know, um, and really enjoying watching the Pistons play uh, the Palace of Auburn Hills, even being able to catch a few of those games as a child and uh, and just enjoying watching Isaiah, uh, Dennis Rodman, John Sally, uh, you know, Joe Dumars, 
you name it, uh, uh, James Edwards, Bill Lambeer, you know what I'm saying? Uh, this, the, the, those names evoke, uh, the, they were iconic in Detroit basketball sports. So, um, that those are some of the things that came out of the the the, the docu series in the third and fourth episode for me. And one thing it proved was that in order for Michael Jordan to go to the next level, he had to go through Detroit. He had to get past Detroit. And they talked about how uh, Detroit came up with the Jordan rules to uh, really try to, um, you know, keep Jordan in check. And, you know, basically, if you foul Michael, then and, and if you keep Mike in check, then the rest of the team will will follow. If you beat Mike, then you you can beat everybody uh, and that was kind of how their approach was to Chicago but with Field did when he came into the league or came in came became the head coach with the uh, Chicago Bulls he brought in the triangle offense that uh, became that that kind of um, equally distributed the ball and and it wasn't always in Mike's hands but it also helped to make the other players around Mike better and that's what the Pistons could not uh, did not prepare for they were trying to attack Mike but they had to now look out for Scottie Pippen they had to look out for Dennis Rodman they had to look out for Ron Harper they had to look out for uh, your other you know BJ Armstrong and and uh, and John and uh, Steve Kerr and Bill Cartwright they had to look out for the other uh, uh, players secondary players that were on the Bulls team that Mike helped to make better better uh, in their pursuit of a championship and that triangle offense was really what changed the trajectory of the Chicago Bulls during the 90s because once they got past the bad boys in uh, in that 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 third Eastern Conference Finals that they couldn't that, that they finally got past them in uh, I believe it was 1990 uh, one I think it was 91 they finally got past the Pistons they were able to uh, meet the Lakers in the uh, NBA Finals and beat them for the first time and an important point which separates Mike from uh, most of his other contemporaries uh, he is the only uh, basketball player I believe to be undefeated in the NBA Finals he won his first championship in 91 uh, which was his first time playing in the NBA championship which is rarely if ever accomplished you athletes that are um, you know usually superstar athletes do not typically win their first NBA championship you know look at uh, LeBron James he didn't win his first one um, the 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 uh, you look at other players of Mike LeBron and Kobe's caliber they don't win their first NBA championship and some never make it to the NBA championship but those that do you usually for the first time usually lose their first one but Mike won his first NBA championship and then of course you know the history he won every single one after that uh, the first three then he of course uh, left to go play baseball 
and uh, and then came back. I believe it was in '95, and uh, played three more years and won three consecutive NBA Finals uh, to finish out his career as a Chicago Bull. So, I mean, there you have it. This guy just, in my mind, solidified his greatness. The only part that really bothers me about this is. Um, you know, Mike didn't know when to step out of the spotlight for good because, of course, after he retired in 98, he ultimately came back as a uh, Washington Wizard. And that was kind of like the 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 story that you don't want to tell, you know, because, you know, at that point he had been retired for a few years. He looked out of shape when he came back. Um, he was an owner of the Wizards at the time. And so he uh, was really kind of coming back to try to, um, you know, uh, teach the team that he had uh, built how to play. And that was kind of his way of doing that. But uh, I think he tarnished his legacy in my mind by doing so. But, um, you know, so far, man, the docuseries has been great. The documentary has been great. Uh, it is definitely appointment watching nine o'clock on uh, Sundays. Uh, the first four parts have already uh, run and you have six more to go. I think it's going on our way to May the 17th, I believe. And then I believe it's going to be all of the documents, documentaries are going to be on Netflix, I think, because it was Netflix and the uh, ESPN that collaborated on this documentary. So uh, I can't wait to see the next, uh, you know, the next few episodes of this uh, last dance. They, they, they are going to be powerful, guys. So. I would love to get your thoughts and feedback on that as well. Feel free to add us to TOL Radio Host MSN. Uh, leave us a comment on our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. We're going to post, uh, make a post there uh, for you to, uh, you know, share your thoughts about the last dance. And uh, we might talk about it again uh, in uh, one of our next episodes. So, again, we uh, enjoyed it and we look forward forward to hearing what you have to say about the Michael Jordan Last Dance uh, docuseries on ESPN. Well, guys, we're going to take our last break of the night. But when we come back, we're going to give you uh, tonight's thought of the week. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Stay close. I know times are tough. We have a lot going on right now. This is uncharted territory, but remember, God is still in control. I'm radio host Michael Nemes with a word of encouragement just for you. We're going to get through this together. Let's remember those who are on the front lines tackling this virus head on. Our thoughts and prayers are with you. You are the real heroes. And to those who've lost loved ones because of the virus, we are still yet praying for you. Those who tested positive for the virus, this is not your end. You are going to get through this. We are going to get through this. Let's do what we can to stay positive, stay connected, stay home, stay healthy, and most importantly, stay safe. An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Don't, don't, don't.
Don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. This is Michael Eric Dyson, and when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Author and speaker, Dr. Eddie Connor. I, I was reading something the other day, and it's, it's interesting. Uh, it's been 50 years since uh, Dr. King was killed. 50 years later, they're still killing kings, you know, uh, to, to really speak truth to power, but also to, to speak to our young men about uh, police brutality, but also the whole spectrum that, in many cases, they live in the crosshairs of society. We can give them all the, the tips, tools, and things of the trade or how to govern yourself accordingly. But we see young men all across America, and we, you know, uh, in many cases, we just become desensitized to a young man who is shot and killed because the police were threatened by the fact that he pulled something out of his pocket and it was a phone when they thought it was a gun. Practitioner and spokesperson, Dr. Victoria Dooley. I do feel strongly that as the African-American community and the church, we need to take mental illness more seriously, and we need to make it okay for somebody to seek out health care for mental health issues other than prayer. Absolutely, 100%. Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist, Rochelle Riley. Uh, I, I can tell you, and before we leave uh, Ali, let me tell you that it wasn't just an interview with him, but my very first column called for the city of Louisville to have a museum for him because at that time there was nothing bearing his name except a little strip of street, you know, how it works in some cities where Martin Luther King Boulevard is in a part of town, but in the rest of the town it's named something else. That column ran and the mayor and other folks who knew better and who were embarrassed by it said, okay, it's time. And that helped lead to this effort that had been going on for some time to raise $80 million to build the Muhammad Ali Center, which now exists on the banks of the Ohio River. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister, Michael Nimmons. Vision is an insightful, thought-provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision Endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega-pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision. Vision. 
stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. of the scripture in Isaiah 26 and 3 that says thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee what a powerful verse to unpack and reflect upon especially during such a time as this we talked early in the show about not drinking the bleach literally and how dangerous a statement that was if taken literally but in tonight's thought we want to share how spiritually dangerous a statement that could be to our mental and spiritual well-being during this past couple of months we all have been inundated with this COVID-19 crisis this caused many of us to have anxiety attacks and bouts of depression because every time we turn on the TV or listen to the radio it's more news about COVID-19 we see how this pandemic is affecting members of the medical community. Some have taken their own lives because the stress of this crisis has become too much for them to bear. In reality, the stress of this crisis can be too much for anyone to bear at one time or another. The reality is there have been over 800,000 cases of COVID-19 since the beginning of this year and over 50,000 lives that were taken because of it. This is why the prophet Isaiah's words of advice are so very important for such a time as this. Thou will keep thee in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. We cannot get so caught up in the 24-hour news cycle of the COVID-19 virus that we lose sight of the one who's really in control of it all. Drinking the bleach figuratively or spiritually in this sense would be the equivalent of internalizing all of the negative and pessimistic reports about the virus, which it ultimately cause you to want to quit and give up. Drinking the bleach is the spiritual equivalent of the children of Israel being bitten by poisonous snakes and God speaking to Moses and instructing him to erect a man-made serpent on his staff that people could essentially look to and live. Unfortunately, the people have become so stubborn and pessimistic about their present set of circumstances that they refuse to look up at Moses' serpent and live. As a result, many people died because the poison they ingested physically also infected them mentally and most importantly, spiritually. We cannot get ourselves to the point where we become so overwhelmed with our problems that we lose sight of the one who is the problem solver. Yes, this COVID-19 virus is real. Yes, this global pandemic is real. Yes, the over 80,000 cases are real. Yes, the over 50,000 deaths are real. Yes, but we also serve a real God that can still keep us in the midst of what's going on around us. Don't let the overwhelming numbers discourage you. Don't let the darkness of the situation keep you from seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Don't let what happened yesterday cause you to lose faith in what is possible tomorrow. 
because we serve a God that is as real as this virus that we are experiencing. Don't drink the bleach of this toxic and negative environment and succumb to the hopelessness of the moment. The key is reshifting our mental focus, reversing our downward trajectory towards the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. When we reshift our mental and spiritual focus, Isaiah said God will keep you in perfect peace. That doesn't mean your situation is perfect, but your peace is. Your home might not be perfect, but your peace is. Your job might not be perfect, but your peace is. Your finances might not be perfect, but your peace is. Your health might not be perfect, but your peace is. Your life might not be perfect, but your peace is. It's perfect because it's rooted in the one with whom nothing is absolutely impossible. And when you trust in him, perfection should always be your expectation. our show for tonight I want to thank you for listening to the Don't Drink the Bleach edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show I hope you enjoyed tonight's show we really try to uh, give um, you some more insight into uh, what's really going on around us and again don't drink the bleach but remember God is still in control uh, we thank you for tuning in to tonight's show. We truly, truly appreciate it. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Your support helps us to increase our exposure across the world wide web. Remember, we would love to hear from you. To hear from you. Go to our website, michaelnemons.com. Check out what we got going on there. Leave us a comment on our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud radio show. Or hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at TOL Radio Host MSN. You can also send us an email at contact at michaelnemons.com. We would love to hear from you. And before we close the show on tonight, I just want to acknowledge the passing of a good friend of ours and a great man of God in his own right. Uh, pastor Gary Green, the pastor of Calvary Apostolic Church, who made his transition just a couple days ago on Saturday evening. It wasn't COVID-19 related, but he passed away as a result of a massive heart attack. And, and certainly we want to send our thoughts and prayers to the entire Green family and to the Harper family in this tremendous loss uh, to the kingdom. He was such a great man of God. We thank God for his witness. We thank God for his legacy and certainly to his wife Pastor Rita we pray your strength in the days the weeks the months and even the years to come may God continue to bless you uh, remember guys tune in next week we're going to have another great show in store for you 
So until next time, always remember, if you can think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can be it, you can achieve it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thanks for listening. subscribe to the podcast to get more info about the show and the ministry visit michaelnemons.com want to book radio host michael nemons for your next special event send an email to contact at michaelnemons.com tune in every tuesday at 8 p.m for the thinking out loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you